You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. This morning for the next few moments, I want to speak on this topic. A lifestyle of thanks living. A lifestyle of thanks living. And this morning, I, we have a big holiday that's coming up. On Thursday, this nation will observe Thanksgiving. It's a national holiday that was first used at a time of thanking God for its blessings on us. Both as the American people at large, but also as individuals. The holiday was designed to bring American people together on one day to remember the blessings that have been given to them both as a nation and as an individual. In today's commercialized society, uh, you don't really hardly get a chance to celebrate Thanksgiving at all. Uh, because it's just a prelude to Christmas. I was trapped in a mall yesterday for about an hour and a half. And so as I, I know, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's only an hour and a half. Praise God. Thank you. But um, as I was there and I was just walking around and as I was, because it's either this, it's either walk or follow my wife around like the, you know, a, become a beast of burden or either the little puppy dog approach. You know, can we go home now? Uh, and so as we were going through there and as we were looking at different other things and I finally decided, I need to walk. This is depressing. Watching somebody look for Christmas gifts and everything else, I'm just, I'm just like, ugh. So I get out and I start walking. And I start walking that mall. And I walk and I walk and I walk. And as I'm walking around, everything I see has nothing to do about Thanksgiving. Everything that you see is talking about Black Friday. All right. Everything. There was even stores that says, Black Friday now. They're wanting you to walk in that store, spend some money. It seems like in today's society that we constantly come to a place that we just sidestep thanksgiving to go right into the christmas shopping season and woo and we're off to the races but understand this brother and sister thanksgiving is more than a day that we forget that we're not supposed to commit the sin of gluttony it is more than that it's more than something where we just go and we eat turkey and to a point that we got turkey coming out of our eyeballs it's not just a day that we go and we just go to places and we suffer through sitting with other members of the family that we may never see again this year and we turn on the TV and watch football to keep us from talking to each other. You may come to a position where that 
In society today, we have so marginalized Thanksgiving to a point that it is a holiday for gluttony, football, and then it's preparation for war. It's a strategy session. Why? Because even, in, and it's beginning to change, because it used to be that you'd have to wake up at the crack of dawn, dark outside. And go and wait in line at a store. I remember, you can be able to tell that I love my wife. I do love my wife. Because she has been the only person in my life that has been able to motivate me to get up and go wait in line for hours to get into a store. I remember even just a number of years ago that when we would do Thanksgiving, we would get to a point that the very last thing that they would do before the family members would all kind of disperse and go to the next stop or whatever that it was, that they would grab the paper and they'd put the paper on the table and they would open it up and they would take out all the ads and they would stretch it out across the table. And they would start, and it was almost like watching a general. I can just imagine that it's probably like watching Eisenhower right before D-Day going, we need to go in and take them out of the flank. And if you can go around and get this, I'll go over here and get this. We'll meet in the middle. Buy everything in sight. In today's society, we can't even do that anymore. Why? Because now they have sales on Thursday evening. Got to a position where that Thanksgiving has become so marginalized by the outlook of doing and going and spending and to a point that we have come to a place that we have completely forgotten exactly what Thanksgiving is all about. And Thanksgiving is supposed to be about that moment whenever we give thanks for what God has done in our life. But isn't it amazing that as we have come as a nation to marginalize Thanksgiving and that attitude of thankfulness that as a nation we become more and more greedy, more and more selfish, more and more introspective to what matters to me instead of being someone that looks to be able to serve, that looks to be have an attitude of thankfulness for what they have and able to make do with what they have. But then sister understands something this morning. And in this moment when it seems like that such in our society comes to a place that we are so bent out of shape and distorted in our thinking. Just know this brother and sister. That as a child of God. Or as any person it is good to be thankful. It is good to recognize what we have and thank God for it. But as a child of God, there should not be just one day that you are thankful. But to be honest, it needs to be a lifestyle where that you live in a thankful attitude and a very thankful disposition in your life. So brother and sister, this lifestyle of thanksgiving, I just like to call it thanks living. Thankful is an adjective that is defined as to be appreciative, to express gratitude. This morning, we should be expressing our praise and expressing our gratitude 
and giving the Lord thanks for what He has done in our lives and for what He will do. This needs to express His thanks to us. Uh, you know, and in, and in this position, David found himself inspired when he begins to give God thanks. And as he begins to think about all that God has done, David is inspired and he begins to write Psalms 100. And in Psalms 100, he begins to celebrate everything that God has done for him. So this morning, if you have Psalms 100, stand to your feet across this building. I've given you more than enough time to find it, so hopefully you've been able to find it. Psalm 100. You better get up and stretch and make sure you got blood flowing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We may be here for a little while. No, we won't be. But anyway. Psalm 100, look at verse 1. We're going to read the whole chapter. So get ready. And all those that don't have a Bible are going, Oh, for the love of God. Don't let them, Lord. Verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, O you lambs. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is good. He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. My Lord, have mercy. Let me just read that last statement one more time. For the Lord, He is good. And His mercy is everlasting. There's not a reason why you should buck and shout. You could stop right there and say, Bless God, thank you, Jesus. And His truth endures to all generations. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, we just ask for the anointing of Almighty God to be in this place. Dear God, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you will speak to us, that you, dear God, Lord, right now, Father, will just allow the Word of God to penetrate our hearts. Dear God, Lord, let us see, Lord Jesus, the awesomeness of who you are, the blessing of Almighty God in our lives, and dear God, Lord, let us begin a lifestyle of giving thanks, I pray. And dear Lord, we will thank you for it. We will praise you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Tell some two or three people, say, Woo! Thanks living. This morning, whenever you begin to have a lifestyle of thanks living, and you began to live with a thankful attitude. And you began to, to live in that lifestyle where we become thankful for what God has done in our lives. You'll notice that something begins to start on the inside of us. And what starts on the inside of us begins to bubble out into symptoms on the outside of us. Brother and sister, you can't, for you to be thankful, there has to be a position of thankfulness in the heart. For you to be able to have an attitude of thankfulness, there has to be a disposition of something going on in the heart. And listen to this, thanks living 
In Psalms chapter 100, verses 1 and 2, in Psalm 101 and 2, thanksgiving, this lifestyle of thanksgiving produces something. It produces shouting, it produces serving, and it produces singing. Understand what he says this. In verse 1, he says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Woo! Thank you. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and just go, Woo! Thank you. The very people that probably needed to do that, you looked at it and go, Shh, don't wake them up. This morning, understand that the Lord even instructs us. He says, David says this, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. It doesn't matter if you're in Israel or outside of Israel. It doesn't matter if you're in Tulsa or here in Tennessee. It doesn't matter if you're at the Potter's House or if you're up there in Columbus, Ohio, or wherever that you're at, brother and sister. He just says this, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Don't matter your geography this morning. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what you're going through this morning. David just says this. You'll feel better if you'll give a joyful shout to the Lord every once in a while. So look at your neighbor one more time and go, Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and go, Glory! Glory. You see, now, let's take this up a notch. Because it says, Joyful shout. So look at your neighbor. Smile. And go, glory! Glory. Let's understand something. There is a reason why you should shout a little bit this morning. There is a reason why that you should be able to come into a position that you can be joyful this morning. No matter where you're at, no matter what your land is going through, no matter the circumstances of where you are at now, brother and sister, there's a reason why that you should be able to be joyful this morning. Even he even goes so far to say this. Serve the Lord, in verse 2, with gladness? Uh, Pastor, excuse me. Uh, you have serve and gladness all in the same sentence. The brother and sister understand something. The person that is thankful is able to look at the Lord and say, yes, I can be able to serve and yes, I can do it with gladness. Why? Because I'm serving the Lord. Jesus, oh my Lord, have mercy. See, so understand, oh dear God, I wasn't going to preach like it, but I might as well for just a few moments because we need to learn this. Brother and sister, understand this, brother and sister. Whenever we do anything, as a child of God, the Lord says this, do it as unto me, unto the Lord. So whether I am building a car, whether I'm building or engineering, biomedical, whatever, implants, or whatever that you do. And he was trying to explain it to me. Whoop, right overhead. But anyway, no matter what your job is, no matter if it's 
whatever that it is, in anything, if you're typing on a keyboard, if you're turning wrenches on a on a uh, in a on a engine, if you're cutting grass, whatever it is that you are doing. Brother and sister, understand this. You can do it with gladness. Why? Because I can serve the Lord in gladness. I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the Lord. This is the reason why that we can be able to say, Brother and sister, man, we need somebody to help clean the church. And you should be able to say, I can do that. Why is that? Because I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the Lord. And I can be able to scrum back. I can't do a lot of things, but I can be able to spray something in the toilet and put that little put that little toilet brush in there and just go to town. Why? Because I'm serving the Lord. Gladness, I'm not serving you so much. I'm serving the Lord in what I'm doing. And as I am doing it, I am blessing you. In the hospitality ministry. I am not doing it because you've asked me to, Pastor. I'm doing it because of this. Because I want to serve the Lord. And I can be glad because I recognize what I am doing. It may not be much to some people, but this is what I'm doing for the very kingdom of God. And I will be happy in the middle of it. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. So serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Do you realize this, brother and sister, that you can be able to have a song even in the midst of the greatest moments of your life and how terrible they can be? You can have a song. This morning, realize this. Every child of God is in a position When you take all these two verses where he says, shout for joy, serve with gladness, come before his presence with singing. All of this is understand that it is symptoms of a lifestyle that is greater than just these symptoms. It is something that is going on in the inside. Understand this, happiness. You know, we we get to this point that a lot of people, they'll say, you know, I'm not happy. I got all kinds of stuff going on. I'm just not happy. I'm not happy. And I can be able to, you can be able to go out and somebody can be able to bless you and say, I've got this brand new television, 72 inches. You can put it up on your wall. I'm moving in here. You can have it. And you're like going. "Ah." You can lose your mind. You are going nuts over it. But then when you get it all hooked up. And you turn the power on. You just get static. Why? Why? Because all of a sudden, you need to pay somebody for something that goes on the television. I got to either subscribe to Hulu or Netflix. I got to either 
get direct TV or I got to go get cable. I got to go do this. I got to do that. I got to go either buy an antenna where I have to get this. I have to buy internet now to be able to get it. And all of a sudden, now I've got two or three bills I'm having to pay because somebody gave me a television. And all of a sudden, you're like going, wow. And then the next time, that it, in the, at the next month, when you get the bill, and I'm like going, they want me to pay how much for Wi-Fi? What? They want me to pay how much for ESPN off the ESPN? No! And brother and sister, understand something. That is the thing about happiness. Happiness is in a position where that it deals with outward stimuli. It deals with everything that goes on around you. Whenever you come into a position, I can be happy because I get the TV. But then I can be unhappy because i got to pay a bill to let me use the TV. But understand this, joy is something that is so much different because joy is something that is not contingent on outward stimuli. It is contingent upon something that is internal. So no matter what happens, when happiness comes and when happiness goes, I can still be able to give a shout of joy. Why? Because there's something on the inside that allows me to live in the midst of it. There's something in the, out, in the inside that whenever everybody looks at me and goes, why is he over there? Why? 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 Why are they serving? They could be doing this. I never serve. And I just come right in and go right out. But understand this. You may look at them and go, why in the world? Or where are they at? Why? Why is God blessing them so? Why are they able to do that? Why are they able to serve whenever I know that crazy stuff's going on in their life? Why are they able to serve when everything else is going wrong? How can they be able to sing praises to the Lord whenever there's death all around them, when there's sickness all around them, when there's financial ruin all around them? Why? Because, brother and sister, what God is doing in me has nothing to do with going on around me. It's something that He wants to do inside of us this morning. Oh, Jesus. Look down at verse 3 because understand something. This is where he begins to understand something. That the very thing that he is producing, worship, shouting, serving, singing, all of this is symptoms of what? Look at verse 3. Of him that knows that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of His pasture. Oh, Jesus. Understand this, brother and sister. Know that He is Lord. He is the Lord. You see that capital L-O-R-D? No matter what's going on in your life, you can still shout. You can still serve. You can still sing. Not because of anything else that's going on around you. Not because of where your geographic location is. Not because of what job that you have. Not because of what car that you drive. Not because of anything else. It's because of one reason. That I know that He is the Lord God Almighty. And that He is with me. 
Capital L-O-R-D. Every time you see that in Scripture, that is in a position that it's translated from the Hebrew word Yehovah. Yahweh. The name of God that was given to Moses by himself. It is the most sacred of all the names of, of God that you'll find throughout scriptures to Hebrews. To such a point that they even stop, they wouldn't even mention his name. Because they so reverenced who he was. They reverenced who he was. Brother and sister, understand something. And whenever they come to this position where they say that we know that he is Yahweh, that he is the one. He is, and this, listen to what it means, that He is the self-existent One. He is the eternal One. Brother and sister, understand this, that He Himself is able to, be, to put something in you that allows you to self-sustain. It allows you to become somebody that allows you to, no matter what happens in your life, you can be, you can be sustained by Almighty God. He is the Lord. He is self-existent. He is the eternal one. But let's just understand this. Listen to what he says. And when I know that he is the Lord. And I've got this right. And I've got this relationship right. All of a sudden look at then what begins to happen. Because when I know that he is the Lord. When I know that he is almighty God. He is the strong one. He is the eternal one. He's the self-existent one. He is the one that knows all things. He is the one that has no comparison. He is the one that started everything. He's the one that will finish everything. He is completely and totally almighty God. Whenever you understand that and who He is, all of a sudden it allows me to look at every other thing in my life as nothing more than just an issue that I have the answer to. Let me say that again. Whenever you begin to understand who He is, you're able to look at your issues and be able to see that every issue that you have, you now have the answer to. Why in the world am I freaking out and losing my mind? Why am I living in, in, such, in, in such a state of anxiety over, over situations? Why am I living in a state of despondency over this and that? Why am I stressing myself out? Why am I in a position that I'm in? Whenever I know that He is Lord and there's none like Him and He is on my side, guess what? It changes my perspective on things. Oh my God. I can't, well, yeah, it may be going wrong in my life. Yes, I may be stressing out, but bless God, I will trust in the peace that passeth all understanding. It will keep my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Yes, I'm having a hard time dealing with this, but bless God, He is my refuge. He is my strength. Underneath Him are the, underneath me are the everlasting arms of Jesus, and I will trust Him. All of a sudden, whenever you get into that position, that you begin to understand Him as the Lord, all of a sudden it changes the whole idea of my issues. To a point that now I recognize that no matter the issue, I have the answer. And listen to what he says. Whenever you know that He is the Lord, 
that He is God, look at it now as it begins to change their perspective. And now He begins to look at Himself. Okay? He begins to look at Himself. Listen to what He says. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. That's a nice thing about having your watch not working. I don't know what time it is. So I guess I can just keep on preaching. Hallelujah. Don't point at that clock back there. Hallelujah. (laughs) Brother and sister, understand something. Listen to what he says. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. Whenever we get into the position that we understand who he is, it changes our position. In our perspective, who are we today? My issues that I am facing? The promise and the potential that I have for tomorrow? All of these things, all these issues about my future, about what I'm going to be able to do in my life, about the circumstances that surround my individual needs and the very things that that I have to deal with, Understand this, when I get the perspective right with God, when I look at myself, then I begin to realize this. It is not me that makes me. It is He who makes me and makes me able to do all things. Mm, Jesus. Why can I serve God? Why can I serve with gladness? Why can I do things that doesn't make me comfortable all the time, but yet I can do them, and I can do them effectively? Why? Because it is not me that makes me. It's He that makes me and allows me to become sufficient to the task this morning. Mm, Jesus, 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 Jesus. See, the problem is this. Whenever we get into the position where we begin to allow our excuses of our inadequacies to then begin to feel the perspective of what we can do and what we can't do, what we do is this. We rob our experience of finding out that God is able to do stuff that we can't do. Ooh, Jesus, I'm... Jesus. This morning we come into a position many times that we will get aggravated with God whenever we see other people progressing and we're stuck. We get mad at God about stuff. Let me just go on and drop the plow for just a second. I'm about to throw some seed into your life for just a moment. So don't get aggravated at me as I preach for just a moment. Many times we'll get to a position That we will get aggravated at God and mad at God because other people are progressing and we are stuck in the sidelines. I'm not progressing. Well, I'm not being used like that. Why are they being used in the gifts of the Spirit and I'm not? Why are they doing this and I'm not? Why are they having praise heap upon them for the job that they're doing? But yet, I'm not. Let me just share this with you for just a moment. 
Brother and sister, whenever you come to a place that you begin to manage what you think that you can do and the job that you feel by your expectations of what you're capable of, you will never be able to progress. Why? Because God cannot be able to show him something or show you something that you're not capable of doing, yet he is capable of doing. Every time I've been put in a position where I've been coming uncomfortable to a point that I thought, dear God, I am not capable of such, those are the very times that the Lord begins to show himself more capable than what I am able to do. Why? Because, brother and sister, that is the understanding that I now have, that He is God, that He is Almighty, that He is Yahweh, He is the self-existent One, He is the Eternal One, and whenever He begins to work in me, I can serve God with gladness because it is not me that empowers me to be effective. It is God! So what am I saying? Believe God that you can do things that you can't do. Believe God. Step out. Be used of God. You feel God begin to say yes. Yes, that's something. Don't sit there and talk yourself out of it. Say yes, Lord. Because it's in those moments that you will see God produce in you beyond more than what you can in yourself. Mm, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Listen to what else he says. That we are his, sheep, his people and the sheep of his pasture. Realize this, when I get this right, this relationship with the Lord, and I see him for who he is, then all of a sudden when I look at the things around me, they seem different because now... What does a shepherd do? A shepherd does a few things. He provides for his sheep. He guides his sheep. And he protects his sheep. Three things. He guides, provides, and protects. So whenever David says, we are the sheep of your pasture. We are your people. What he is saying this almighty God. You will be the one that provides for me. You will be the one that protects me. You will be the one that guides me in the right place. You will be the one that puts me where I need to be. You will be the one that leads me on a path of righteousness. You will be the one that brings me to green pastures that provides for my ability. You are the one. You are the one. You are the one. So now, brother and sister, it's not about me and my ability to be able to provide. It's not for my ability. It's, oh God, will you help me? Brother and sister, now I can be able to shout for God for joy. Why? Because, brother and sister, I'm one of His. 
I'm one of His. And so when I be able to come into a position where it's bigger than me, I can shout glory. Why? Because God is now in a position where He can show up and do what I cannot do. I'm more than an overcomer. Not why? Not because of what is in me, but because of who I serve. I am more than capable of being what God has called me to be. My Lord have mercy. Because I am a sheep of His pasture. Look at what he says in verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. And bless his name. See brother and sister. Thanks living. Also produces. An attitude of thankfulness. When you get this added. This, this lifestyle working. Where you begin to realize who you are. In God and who God is. It not only allows you to shout. And serve and sing, but it also allows me to be thankful. Allows me to come this way. So he says this since we are his people, since we are the sheep of his pasture, he tells us to do this what? To enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Gates is the entrance to something. So from the very beginning, the Lord says this, be thankful. So the very gates of my day, when I roll out of bed and I hit my knees and I start talking to the Lord, I need to start the day, the very gates of the day with what? Thank you Jesus for what you're doing. I need to immediately begin to find that perspective of who He is. Into his courts with praise. Courts is the place in the temple that you would come to hear the word. That you would come to offer sacrifice. That you would come to worship the Lord. Brother and sister, being thankful to the Lord because of what he has done for you. And to bless him. Brother and sister, realize this. We need to be able to come into a place that we come into his courts with praise. Man, I get in the word of God. I'm going to have, man, I am going to give him praise for what he is doing in me. He says this. I can be able to come to a place and bless his name. Because he's given favor to me. I'm going to bless him. So I'm going to give him favor. I'm going to give him and honor God. And look at verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Why can I be thankful? Why can I enter His courts with praise? Why can I be able to enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart? Why can I be thankful? Because brother and sister, I realize this. That the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. I have that attitude of thankfulness because I have seen who God is. And I recognize the awesomeness of who He is. And when I recognize the awesomeness of who He is, I not only declare that He is able to help me, but I also declare that He is good and that His mercy endures forever because I try His mercy and yet He's constantly merciful to me. See, because the Lord is good and from His goodness comes mercy. And through His mercy comes my consistency. Let me say that again. The Lord is good. 
And from His goodness comes mercy. And through His mercy comes my consistency. Listen to what He says. Because He states this. The very last phrase of verse 5. And His truth endures to all generations. You can bank on His truth. What is truth? It is defined as facts corresponding with actual events or happenings. His truth is eternally established because of what He did while He was on earth. What He is doing in our lives. Listen to this in Isaiah 61. Flip over to Isaiah 61. Look at this for just a second. His truth is truly eternal. Well, what is His truth? How can it provide me consistency? How can it be able to come to a place that allows me to be able to, uh, allows me to, be able to build my life? Realize what He says in, in Isaiah 61. Because understand this, this is the prophecy that Jesus declares and reads even over Himself. When He says this in verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. The opening of prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To bring them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That He may be glorified. Realize this. This truth was established the moment that Jesus showed up at Nazareth. And he picked up that word and he opened it up and he read from this passage of scripture. And he closed it back up and he says this, Today, this has been fulfilled. Let me just share this with you. What does that have to do with us? His truth is this, that if you're broken hearted, he's come to heal you. If you're captive, he's come to set you free. If you're mourning, He's come to give you joy. If you're in a place of, of weeping and that, He's come to give you, brother and sister, joy and, and a garment of praise. He's come to, give, to come to a place that He gives you oil for ashes. He's come this morning to be able to establish consistency in you. To change you. And allow you to be able to be different. Brother and sister, this morning... He wants you to be what? Trees of righteousness. The planning of the Lord. He came so that you can be consistent. So that you can be planted. So that you can be able to be something for the kingdom of God. And sister, this morning, I can be thankful I can shout, I can serve, 
I can even be able to sing. Why? Because I know who He is. And I know who I am. I can be able to give praise. I can be thankful to God. Why? Because I know that He is good. His mercy endures. And that His truth endures to all generations. Father, in the name of Jesus. Dear God, Lord, in these situations and in these circumstances, Almighty God, sometimes in life, we can almost feel like, dear God, Lord, that we are just overwhelmed. Lord, we can feel like, dear God, Lord, that we have so many things that are going on in our lives that, dear God, Lord, that we will come to a place, that, Lord, that we feel like that we will never get a leg up. Or sometimes in our lives where we will look at our situations and we will look at where we are at and the things that are going on. And dear Lord, there will be moments, Jesus, that we will just think, how can I be able to give God praise? How can I live, dear God, in a place of thanksgiving when I myself am struggling so? Dear God, this morning you've given us the answer. And that is this, dear God, Lord. Once again, find out who you are. Once again, anchor ourselves in who you are, Lord Jesus. Because in those moments of anchoring, we find consistency. We find joy. We find service. We find singing. We find thanksgiving. We find praise. Dear God, we thank you for that. Now, in the name of Jesus. Okay, this morning, you say, Pastor Tim, I'm struggling with circumstances. I'm struggling with stuff. Maybe the circumstances around you can be weighing on what God is trying to do inside of you. If you're there this morning, I don't care how long that you've known the Lord. Every single one of us have come up against that. I've come up against that so many times. Where I know that God has things inside of me. But situations, circumstances, sometimes feel like it just strangles the very service out of you, strangles joy out of you. But in every time, the thing that has allowed me to move forward, and that is once again, I refocus on who he is. This morning, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Tim, I've got some stuff going on in my life that is really just, it's just overburdening. It's hard for me to be thankful. It's hard for me to serve. It's hard for me to have joy because of what's going on in my life. That's you here this morning. I want you to just throw your hand up in the air. It's okay. It doesn't matter who you are this morning. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for three minutes or three years or 300 years. It doesn't matter. We all face it. Amen. Amen. Anybody else this morning? Anybody else? In the name of Jesus. Anybody else this morning? You're here this morning, you say, Pastor Tim, that's me. You lifted up your hand, and maybe you didn't lift up a hand. I want you to just come this way this morning. I want to pray with you this morning. I right now in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, just stand to your feet and come this way. I want to pray with you this morning. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Anybody else this morning? Yeah, back up, son. Back up. Yeah, get in a straight line. Name of Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else this morning? Anybody else this morning? Issues, things going on. You just need the Lord to touch you. Anybody else this morning? Come on right now in the name of Jesus. I'm waiting this morning. I, I just feel the tug of the Lord this morning. I mean, let me just share this with you, brother and sister. Pride should never be a thing that keeps me from receiving of the Lord. Why? Because I want to just deal with this right here and right now this morning. There's so many times that we allow what other people think of us to keep us from responding. The altar is not a place for just sinners. It's a place for saints. It's a place for people that just need something from the Lord. If you're in need this morning, I want to pray with you this morning. Feel overwhelmed, overburdened. Anybody else this morning? Right now in the name of Jesus. Anybody else? In the name of Jesus. And this is what I want us to do.